Uh, well, today is our final Sunday in the Make a Difference series. And uh, by the way, I want to remind you that any messages that you have missed uh, throughout this series are uh, always available on our website. And then you can also request them by CD. Uh, just make a CD request out of the welcome table. And we always provide those free of charge. So with those two options, there is never any reason to not keep up to date if you have to miss a Sunday, and I would encourage you to uh, keep up to date. So we're concluding the series with part two of making a difference in your family. Last week was for husbands and wives from Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. And this week we're looking at Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, and we have parents and children in view. So this ought to be about as much fun as last week. Parents and children uh, are in view. So we're going to begin today by reading the text. If you would follow along in your Bible, or I think it'll be on the screen uh, behind me. So here's what the text says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So we immediately see in the text that there are responsibilities that children have to their parents, and then responsibilities that parents have to their children. Uh, we have a few kids and teenagers in the service uh, this morning. We'll have a few more at the uh, 1030 service. And so I would encourage you, if you're under 18 and you're in this service, to open up your hearts, open up your minds, and receive what God wants you to receive from his word today. Uh, everything that we share each Sunday is applicable to your life. We don't often point you out, though, as we get started. And so I would encourage you to give extra attention today uh, because this text speaks directly to you. There are important responsibilities that you have toward your parents, responsibilities that God cares about, responsibilities that God has ordained for you. And so please open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive what God has for you today. But the text doesn't just tell us about responsibilities that children have to their parents. It tells us of responsibilities parents have to their kids. Verse 4 is specifically addressed to fathers, but it applies to mothers as well. That it is addressed to fathers probably reveals something that we can easily overlook as we read a text like this. And that is what a radical teaching what we see in verse 4 was for the day and time that it was written in. Here was the situation with fathers in the first century. They had absolute power over their children. Absolute. Children were viewed as their property, and the father was free to do with them whatever he chose. Among the unbelievers of the time, a father who wanted a son, and instead a daughter was born to the family, that father could choose to cast her out of the home. 
A father at that time who had a sickly child or a child who was physically disadvantaged in some way might even end the child's life. Children were property, and they could be done with however the father chose. Paul telling children of their responsibility to parents was not a revolutionary thought for the time, though it was a God-ordained thought. But Paul telling parents they had a responsibility toward their children, that they owed their children reciprocal respect, that was a truly revolutionary thought and revealed the truly life-changing nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So children have, had, have God-given responsibilities to their parents, but now, because of Christ, parents also have responsibilities toward their children. The the parent-child relationship is now, because of Christ, one of mutual respect, reciprocal respect, but each walking out respect differently. The God-given responsibility of children to their parents is to obey their parents and to honor their parents. And the God-given responsibility of parents to their children is to not exasperate them and to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So kids, teenagers, the under 18 set, this is God's word to you today. Obey and honor your parents. Parents, this is God's word to you today. Don't exasperate your kids, but rather train and instruct them. These are our responsibilities to each other in the parent-child relationship. So let's spend a few minutes going a little bit deeper into this. We're going to begin with the responsibility of children to their parents. So verse 1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. All of you here today who are not yet adults still live with your parents. This is your God-given responsibility. To obey your parents. To do what they say. Not familiar with obey. What does that mean? It means do what they say. How are you doing with that? Are you obedient? God wants you to be. The Bible commands you to be obedient to your parents. This is not something that society has put on you. This isn't some conspiracy that parents got together and, and, and figured out and have put that on you. And it's not some effort of theirs to keep you down. It is God's idea that you obey your parents. And it's a pretty big deal. In fact, disobedience to parents is listed in 2 Timothy 3 as one of the indicators of the last days before Christ would return. And you want to know what it's listed alongside of. Here is what disobedience to parents is listed alongside of in 1 Timothy 3. Being a lover of money, being boastful, proud, ungrateful, unholy. Doesn't get any better as we keep going. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous. Now it gets really bad, brutal, treacherous, rash, 
conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And so what this tells us is that disobedience to parents is not a little oops. It isn't no big deal. It isn't just how kids are. It is counted among the company of the brutal and the treacherous. Teenagers, this is important stuff. You are to be obedient to your parents. And our text tells us you are to be obedient to your parents in the Lord. This phrase in part means that you're to obey with the attitude that you are, that in doing so you are obeying the Lord himself. You should obey your parents as if you are being directly obedient to him. And in a real sense, uh, that's exactly what the case is. Then you're told that you are to honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you. To honor is basically to respect, to esteem your parents properly, to treat them well. Honor and respect. How are you doing with that? Do you respect your parents? Do you honor them? Do you treat them well? How are you doing with these God-given responsibilities of obedience and honor? You need to know that God cares about these things. And because God does, you should as well. Not only are we told that children should obey and honor their parents, we're also told why they should do so. And we essentially find three reasons in our text as to why kids should obey their parents. First, you are to obey and honor your parents because it is right. It is the right thing to do. The text says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Second, you are to honor and obey your parents because it is scriptural. The Bible tells you to do it. It is the first commandment with a promise, our text tells us. Uh, honoring father and mother is part of the Ten Commandments. It's found here in Ephesians. It is found throughout the Bible. And third, you are to obey and honor your parents so that it may go well with you. Verse 3, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Now, William MacDonald offers a helpful explanation of verse 3. Here's what he says In the Old Testament, Jewish children who obeyed their parents did enjoy long life. In this gospel age, it is not a rule without exceptions. Obedience to parents is not always connected with longevity, but it is true in a general way that the life of discipline and obedience is conducive to health and longevity, whereas a life of rebellion and recklessness often ends prematurely. So teens, I can't promise you a a long life for obedience, but what I can tell you with certainty is this. Obedience to parents is one of the surest ways for life to go well for you, both now and in the future, including eternity. I know there are exceptions to any statement, but most parents love their children, desperately want what is best for their children, and make their decisions based on what is in their kids' best interest. Kids, your parents are not perfect. Sometimes we get things wrong, but your odds of having things go well with you 
increase if you will trust your parents' love enough to be obedient to them. Knowing that they want life to go well for you and everything they do and every rule they make is toward that goal. It is your responsibility. It is in your best interest. Now, parents, you have some God-given responsibilities toward your children. Parents, we are not first-century pagan fathers who can do whatever we want with and toward our children. That's not who we are. We are Christians responsible for dealing with our children in a way that is pleasing to the God who gave them life and sacrificed his son on their behalf. Verse 4, do not exasperate your children. Some translations say, uh, do not provoke your children to anger. Don't exasperate, don't frustrate, don't provoke them to anger. Here are three things that we can do, parents, that understandably exasperate our children. Number one, make unreasonable demands. Number two, be unnecessarily harsh. And number three, constantly nag. Now, I do want to focus on the parents here, but I have little doubt that after saying what I just did, I need to say something else to the under 18 set. Of course, there will be more of them here at the 1030 service than there are now, but there are still some of you here, so I need to say this. This command to not exasperate, for parents to not exasperate you, does not apply when their actions should not legitimately cause exasperation. Did you follow me on that? Making sure you do your homework and disciplining you if you do not is not violating the command to not exasperate you. Not letting you date until you're 16 is not legitimate cause for exasperation. Making you do chores and grounding you if you don't is not a cause for exasperation. The sound of your parents' voice is not cause for exasperation. J. Vernon McGee once said, children are not to be provoked to anger. How many of you know who J. Vernon McGee is? Yeah, great, great guy. He's been dead like 30 years and his radio program is still on. That's amazing. Uh, J. Vernon McGee once said, children are not to be provoked to anger. But this doesn't mean they are to be treated as if they are a cross between an orchid and a piece of Dresden china. This responsibility your parents have to not exasperate you is not a pass to be so fragile as to not be able to take anything from your parents. As we'll see here in a minute, they also have a responsibility to train and instruct you, which will always include things you'd rather not do and things that you do not like. But parents, with all of those disclaimers shared with your kids, the fact remains you are not We are not to exasperate our kids. We're not to make unreasonable demands, to be unnecessarily harsh, or constantly nag over unimportant 
issues. In, in large part, I think this advice is summarized quite nicely with this well-known thought, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Give some space. Extend some grace. Here's something that's important for us parents to remember. Remember that the struggle for independence that teenagers enter into is a completely natural thing, even healthy. And it is very different than disobedience. Don't confuse those two things. J. Vernon McGee offers another great take on this passage. He said, we are never to provoke our children to wrath or exasperate them. Listen to this carefully. Which will happen if they see that we are simply venting a mean disposition upon them. Parents, do an inventory of yourself now. How are you doing? And be honest. We're not asking you to holler out your answer, so just be honest with yourself. Are you making unreasonable demands? Are you being unnecessarily harsh? Are you nagging over unimportant stuff? Are you too often in the name of discipline simply venting a mean disposition on your children? I get it. Life is full of pressure. There are financial pressures, difficult bosses, marriage problems, car trouble, house repairs, health worries, poor customer service that just about send you over the edge. But listen, parents, none of that, none of it is an excuse for venting a mean disposition on your kids and calling it discipline. You need to discipline. I need to discipline. But listen to this. I need to hear this. I think we all need to hear this. We sin when we take our frustrations out on our kids. We can't scream at the boss who mistreats us, so we scream at the kids. We can't make the customer service person treat us like they ought to, so we take our frustrations out at home. We can't get rid of our financial pressures, so we explode when our kid asks for a sandwich that isn't on the value menu. Our God-given responsibility to our children, do not exasperate them. How are you doing? Not well? Then here's what we need to do today, parents. If we're not doing well, we need to repent. And we need to ask God to empower us to begin fulfilling this God-given responsibility that we have. The text says, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The ESV version says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The New Living Translation says it the same way. The Amplified Bible says, to bring them up in the training and discipline and the counsel and the admonition of the Lord. The essential idea here is that parents have a God given responsibility to discipline and instruct their children. How are we doing? Here's what happens for too many of us. Too many parents vent on their kids, but don't actually discipline their kids. 
vent on their kids, but don't actually instruct their kids. Parents, we are not to exasperate. We are not to vent on them. We are not to treat them harshly, but we absolutely are supposed to discipline them and instruct them. There are too many parents today, including in the church, who are more concerned with being their kid's friend than being their parent. Too many parents who are too concerned with being cool instead of being godly and fulfilling their God-given responsibility to discipline and instruct. The Bible says a lot about disciplining and instructing kids that we ignore at our peril and theirs. The Proverbs give us a lot of good advice, a lot of good, good counsel on this. Proverbs 13, 24 says this, the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And so we see here that discipline flows out of love. It's not something contrary to love. It flows out of love. Proverbs nineteen eighteen: discipline your children for in that is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Discipline is connected with a child's well-being. It's connected with their living. We could go to many more scriptures that emphasize the importance of discipline and instruction. It is all through the Bible. Don't exasperate your kids, but don't make the mistake of failing to discipline and instruct them in the training and instruction of the Lord. That, that, that's an important phrase, in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's training and instruction that is pleasing to God. And here's what I think it covers. I think it covers the gamut of everything from simply being a responsible person all the way up to influencing them toward a relationship with Jesus Christ and how to walk that out. Parents, this is your responsibility. And teens, kids, this is your parents' responsibility. And when they do it, when they discipline you, when they instruct you from good manners at the dinner table all the way up to matters of faith, it is an indication of their love for you. It is an indication of their care for you. It is an indication of their desire for you to have a good life and a good eternity. Susanna Wesley was the mother of 17 children, including Charles and John, who, as you likely know, was the founder of Methodism. And here's what she had to say about parents' responsibility to discipline and instruct their children. Listen to this carefully. The parent who studies to subdue self-will in his child, discipline and instruction, works together with God in the renewing and saving of a soul. The parent who indulges it does the devil's work, makes religion impractical, salvation unattainable, and does all that in him lies to damn his child, soul, and body forever. Parents, don't exasperate your kids, but do discipline them and instruct them. It is the loving, it is the godly thing to do. 
Children, obey and honor your parents, giving thanks to God if you have a parent who loves you enough to discipline and instruct you. Because if you do, you have a parent looking out for your well-being, for your body and soul, both now and in eternity. You want to make a difference in your family. Children, obey and honor. You want to make a difference in your family. Parents, don't exasperate, but rather discipline and instruct. These things will make a real difference in our families for the good. In the past two weeks, husbands, wives, parents, children have all seen from the scripture very practical ways that they can make a difference in their families. My appeal to us today is the same as it was last week. Do not wait for the other person to do what they ought to do before you start doing what you ought to do. Husband, whether your wife is respecting you as she should or not, love her as you should. Wife, whether your husband is loving you as he should or not, go ahead and respect him as you should. Children, even if your parents aren't all they should be, Maybe they are exasperating you. Maybe they are failing to lovingly discipline and train you. Go ahead and offer them the obedience and the honor that God commands you to give them. Parents, even if your child is not honoring you, even if your child is not obeying you, do what you ought to do. Still don't make unreasonable demands. Don't be unnecessarily harsh Don't nag them over unimportant things. Don't exasperate them. Rather, discipline and instruct them. Friends, none of us can control what others do. Have you noticed that? We try. We try really hard. But none of us can control what others uh, do. All we can do is control what we do. All we can do is what we ought to do. But if we will do what we ought to do, it will, it truly will, make a difference in our families. Let's commit ourselves to that by God's grace and God's power. Why don't you stand?